This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Raina Troy Hotline. Alicia, Michael, what's going on? We know you have takes. We have takes. I'm actually surprised that your rant line, raid line, whatever, isn't completely full. Why can't we just win a game? Can I blame Michael Castillo for this? Can I blame Bob Connolly for this? Could I put on a zebra shirt and just go out there? Scratch, claw, up against the wall. Can't explain that what I'm feeling right now, guys. I can't believe it. Let's open up that race Woohoo! Oh, I can't believe USD has hired Lincoln Riley. Oh, yeah. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Reign of Troy Radio, episode 488, coming to you on Monday, June 19th, 2023. We're going to talk about the latest in USC football, including a ton of new news on campus, new facilities, new commitments. But also, it's a special episode because we've got a special guest, Trish, Chris Trevino from USCFootball.com. And we're going to talk hot takes. We're going to talk Maryland, maybe, perhaps. Um, maybe I'll ask him about crab cakes or something. It's, that's a Maryland thing, right? Like, we'll see. Uh, as always, you can follow us on Twitter at Reign of Troy. Like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Reign of Troy. Our email address is Reign of Troy at Fanside.com. I'm your host, Mike Garcia, journal of my co-host here in the Reign of Troy studio, Elisa Deratol. Hello, everybody. And our special guest uh, from 24-7 Sports, uscfootball.com, the Parastyle podcast, the Composite Two-Star Recruits podcast, probably forgetting other things. Uh, Chris, welcome to the show. You are not forgetting anything that is well enough of an intro for me, but thank you so much for having me on this show and welcoming me into your little uh, world here. I'm very excited to be uh making my first appearance on this show. And if I'm never invited back, that's okay. But I'm just, I'm just happy to have this one. So you, you said that this is a like bucket list thing. Yes. Uh, well, I, I want my ego stroked. What, mm-hmm. how is it, how is it a bucket list thing? Like, I well, like what, what, what about it? Yeah. Obviously this is like a staple in the, uh, you know, the USC Twitter 
content sphere. So obviously this is a well-known podcast. Obviously the car cast is a thing of its own and it has that lore about it. And when I was first starting out with USCPeople.com when we merged, I remember, you know, Keely and Ryan would come be a part of your show and on your podcast. And I was like, one day, you know, I'll get one. I I just got to get one. And it's all good from there. I'll get one. I'll I'll get called up to the big leagues, you know, so this is my shot, you know. Well, see, and we've been talking about getting you on for a while now, and it just never happened because we we just don't, we're we're not proactive with getting guests on the show. So that's an us problem. You've been ready for, uh, for Reign of Troy, friend of the pod status for forever. You're, you're elite, elite on Twitter, elite in coverage and uh, elite on the podcast uh, yeah, and, sphere and as well. Of course, in elite in tattooing with the uh, elite in tattooing. W- yes. With, with the, the 18K tattoo, which of course. What one could say you have. It's iconic. A- 18K magic. 18K magic. Yes. Uh, thank you for all those kind words. Yes. But I am truly honored to be on this uh, show and doing it live. I hate doing live. Like it's the bane of my existence. Like Ryan will tell you, like we're going live tomorrow for our show and it's like a running joke which is not really a joke which i do not but i'm genuinely very excited to be on the show and to be doing it live and i do ask that when like i can see the comments for people watching if there's any like show inside jokes or references for your podcast i want to know about them i (laughs) i I love the lore of other people's because obviously every podcast has bits and references and everything so i want to be a part of that i want to like understand it yeah, I think I think those will will pop up from time to time. Um, of course, later on the show we'll do sort of a, a new bit that we're we're starting the uh, Mount Rotmore, and uh, Chris has come up with an awesome idea for that. So terrible idea, he said. Awesome, he meant <laughs> terrible idea. It it will be good, I promise. Uh, so we'll get to that later, and that'll be fun. And uh, yeah, if you're just joining us here live on YouTube, uh, pop in your comments. Be sure to like the screen like the stream should like your screen too uh, and subscribe. And uh, you can even join us uh, with our monthly subscription or you get bonus episodes every uh, month over on uh, YouTube here for four ninety nine a month with the, uh, the rot squad. Uh, but Alicia, we got, we got more details. We've got a sponsor. You want to, you want to take it away with our sponsor? Oh, I get to, I get to tell everybody about our sponsor this week. This is exciting. Yes, It's all you. USC fans, have you signed up for DraftKings yet? If you're a new user, you can receive $150 in bonus bets instantly after following just three steps. Create an account, deposit, and then wager $5 or more on any sport. Whether your first wager wins or loses, you'll still receive the $150 in bonus bets. All you have to do is use the code REIGNOFTROY when you sign up. The best part is... Using our code Reign of Troy not only gets you the bonus, but it also supports the podcast. If you're considering signing up for DraftKings, definitely use our code Reign of Troy, all one word, Reign spelled R E I G N of Troy, to maximize your bets. Uh, This offer is available for new customers who are 21 years or older and physically present in legal gambling states. Please remember to always gamble responsibly. Check the episode description for the full terms of the offer. Yeah. Reign of Troy is the code over at DraftKings. And one of those legal states is Maryland. Uh, and Chris, you are a, uh, a Maryland alum. And I have to, 
I have to confess something. When you started oh, no. over at uh, 24-7, I'm going to call it 24-7. I know, I think the company line is 247. Is that right? Yes. Uh, some people have even said 247. So, you know, it's not the, <laughs> yeah. it's not the most crazy one I've heard. So. <laughs> 247 is great. Um, well, when you first started over there, you had in your Twitter bio, there was something about like MD native or MD something. Uh, and MD I'm pride, like, I think is what it was or something. Okay. So I was like, oh, he's a modern day guy. Yeah. And I was so convinced that you were a modern day guy. It took years for me to figure out. Uh, and I think not until you were like on the podcast all the time over at the, the Peapod that it was... Um, it was Maryland. So Maryland, of course, came into the Big Ten in, what was it, 2014 or something like that? Yeah, now here, right. here's SC coming into the Big Ten. Um, as a Maryland alum, like, what's what's that like? It's very weird and surreal because I was graduating when Maryland was moving into the Big Ten. It was like, oh... ACC, we're going to miss it. But it's like, oh, we need money because we were so broke. Like our athletic department had been ruined financially. So we're like, oh, we need to do this for money. And, you know, you got over it like about a year into it. It's like, all right, this is fun. New rivalries. You know, we still get beat a lot in football, but we're getting there. But, you know, just to see it on the other side with just USC now moving to the Big Ten. I used to joke with Keeley because I would wear Maryland stuff when we would do our shows sometimes. Uh, the family feud back then and she would be like you know you can't wear that if they play and I was like Maryland and USC <laughs> will never play <laughs> and then uh yeah I got you know the college football gods you know heard that and they were like all right we'll we'll show him so now there it is USC will be playing Maryland next year in College Park in what will be yeah. like a, a a homecoming for me if you will the real homecoming for me yeah, College Park, which I feel like is one of those exciting place names for a college, like College Station, State College, College Park. Yeah, um, College Park, Very I think, creative. for I, I don't know if I speak for anybody else, but I just had no idea where the hell in Maryland it was. I <laughs> mentioned this on the podcast last week. I had no idea. It was literally closer to Capitol Hill than FedEx Field, which is insane to me. Like, I had no idea it was right there. I thought it was closer to, like, Baltimore or Annapolis or something like that. You no, would think it's right, that. It's right there. You would think that just because, you know, with Kevin Plank and Under Armour money, you know, you would think that. But, no, it's actually just, you know, right up the street. You could just drive yeah. 15 minutes in one direction and you're in D.C. So, yeah, it's right there. And it's going to be one of the, the easiest spots to get to in the Big Ten in terms of travel because you can just go into RFK or Dulles or BWI. It's going to be one of the easy ones for – for USC, even though it's going to be obviously one of the farther ones that we'll have to travel to. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Alicia, what, what is your uh, preconceived thought about Maryland before we get things going here? The only thing I have to say about Maryland is that the broad college football perception of Maryland and their uniforms, helmets, general aesthetic is 100% wrong. Because the Maryland flag being on the shoulder pads and the helmets and all that, that's beautiful. Just absolute A-plus uniforms that are just completely underappreciated in college football. Um, and I'm, I think I saw somewhere that they got rid of them, that, they, that they've gone to like a throwback or something like that. And it makes me very sad. I, I knew I loved this podcast. I knew it. I knew <laughs> it. Yeah, I think we recently are going back to the script 
uh, the yeah. fans wanted the script, which is you, know, you can't go wrong with script in college. Yeah. The, yes. The the Terp script is is pretty sweet. The uh, the motorcycle looking helmet with the flag on it though. Uh, that's just pr- pretty a plus too uh anyways we got a bunch of sc news uh we got west texas mike in the chat flipping out that we're talking about the terps so uh uh let's go to the news shall we all right new news at usc uh the trojans have announced a strategic vision to transform USC athletics. Uh, this includes a new USC performance center, uh, a new Dado field, new facilities. This is the thing that, that Lincoln Riley has been talking about since he got to SC. This has been the thing that SC fans have clamored for when it comes to recruiting. How do you keep up with the Joneses? I mean, the Sabins. And this is huge. I mean, SC obviously got the... Uh, McKay Center back in 2012, and at the at the time that was state of the art. But like the way facilities are, facilities is, are like software. Ten years ago is super outdated, and SC needed something else. And so here comes the strate- strategic vision to transform athletics, which also includes uh, the new women's soccer stadium and uh, lacrosse field, like we talked about last week. Uh, But the new USC Football Performance Center is a three-level building where Kennedy Field currently stands. It'll have direct access to the the practice fields, including an additional 100-yard field, uh, which means now SC will have 120 more yards than UCLA does. Uh, The key quote from the the press release is, the new complex will feature student-athlete-centric spaces, including a new locker room, multiple player lounges, a recovery hub, nutritional support, sports science services, a weight room, a training room, and an equipment room, to which Lincoln Riley said, it's an absolute game changer for our program. will be the perfect home for our team and give our players every opportunity to be successful. Uh, the new Dano field looks legit. They'll be rotated 90 degrees, uh, move further towards Vermont and everyone's favorite Taco Bell. Uh, and provide more room for the football facility and have a capacity of 2,500 uh, people. Uh, Alicia, what are your what are your first thoughts? The the renderings look pretty cool. Yeah, uh, it looks it's cool to have a, a full length um, artificial turf field, and it looks like it's just going to make better use of that space. That all of that space over on that side of campus felt I don't know I as 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 somebody who doesn't do a lot of baseball or tennis or, or any of the other things on that side. It just felt like that was some wasted space. So this makes a whole lot of sense. And yeah, it's good for USC to get up to date with the facilities. It's weird. It's weird that the McKay center is old, is old. It's, it, it feels like it just came out last year, but then you say 2012 and it's like, well, it's, it's weird to me, all the stuff that's happened on campus because I I graduated 10 years ago. I was there when the McKay Center was, you know, being built and all that stuff. And then it finally opens and then I graduate. And now to think that that thing is sort of being replaced, um, at least as far as the football team goes, obviously it's not going to be torn down and all that stuff. It's just going to, the football team headquarters will sort of be moved down the street. Um, Chris, what are your thoughts with the, with the unveiling of everything? I'm just so happy because, I was tired of taking questions from fans on the message boards about when 
new locker rooms, when new facilities were coming. And we kept telling, you know, be patient, be patient. And then to finally have this announcement is great for them because I know they're really excited about it, all the fans out there. But it's also huge, you know, just from a USC football perspective of getting this massive upgrade and facelift when you're in an era of arms race and money and facilities and all those kinds of things, you know, USC had a bunch of boxes that they needed to check off. And, you know, location has always been a good checkbox for USC. It's never going to change. Uh, recruiting landscape, it's never going to change in Southern California for them. You know, coaching obviously was something that was not getting uh, checked off with USC. But now you give that two check marks with uh, Lincoln Riley and all that. And one of those big boxes that had been, you know, wanting is facilities. And it's something you hear all the time on Twitter and on message boards. Anytime somebody posts a video from USC's locker room, that's the first thing that comes up is when are they getting new lockers? So this is a big step in the right direction. Obviously, that Big Ten money is going to fund a lot of that. And, you know, obviously yeah. they need to find the space for it with USC being such a, you know, locked in kind of campus. So finally found the space. I think it's going to work well. And, you know, I'm excited to see it. Obviously, USC and these kids are going to be really excited. I mean, guys now, maybe they won't be able to uh, use it whenever it does come out. But it's still a great recruiting tool that you can show and point to like, hey, this is the future. This is what we're bu- building towards. You know, obviously Lincoln Rally and that that staff were were using that as their pitch last year, but now it's more concrete stuff they can point to. And this is one of those things they can point to this multi-million dollar facility, which is going to have, I assure you, probably all the bells and whistles is going to have locker rooms, heated seats, AI robots. I don't know, whatever it's going to have. It's <laughs> going to be great. And yeah, it's really going to make an uh, impact for when they bring kids in there. Yeah, the the big question I think that comes out of these these renderings and this plan, this vision is something that uh, Touchdown USC just brought up in the chat. No timeline, no cost estimate. I think the cost estimate you put to the side because, like you said, Chris, the Big Ten money, uh, donors, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. That to me, that gets taken care of pretty pretty easily. Yeah, uh, it's the timeline because the Olympics are coming and the Olympics are bringing with them disruption to USC's campus, to the surrounding area. It, it, that's my big question. When can, when can they even get this done? Can they sneak it in before the Olympics? Can, like, I, I, there's no way, right? I think it's po- I think it's possible they could sneak the football performance center thing first um and then deal with Dado and um what now stands as Cromwell Field and deal with that after uh, in, in this respect that you know the 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 plan I believe and and correct me if I'm wrong here for for the Olympics is that the swimming stadium the temporary swimming stadium is going to be built on Dato Fields land. Um, so in theory, you just build this new Dato Field after the Olympics. But I could imagine that that idea was with Kennedy Fields not touched or still there. And Kennedy Field is where the the football performance center is going to be. So like maybe that can sneak in. Either way, as, as Touch on USC said in the chat, it's just a vision. This brings back things to me about the Galen center and 
I remember as a kid going to SC football games, always bugging my dad to get the program. And then there would be renderings, renderings of new basketball arenas. And there was one of them that was going to be on the corner of Exposition in Vermont, right where Parkside is. And it was going to be this awesome arena. And right there across the street from from um, the Exposition Park and blah, blah, blah. And then hearing stories about how when Paul Westfall got to SC, he was shown renderings of this arena that they were going to build to leave the sports arena and all this stuff. I want to say that I think SC has proven not to sort of doubt their ability to build things, um, especially in the last 20 years with the Galen Center, with the McKay Center, with the uh, literally everything that's been built, the the Harry Potter Annenberg Center thing, uh, that big monstrosity on the corner of uh, of Expo and Fig, whatever that is, like they've built a million things. So I trust that SC is going to build things here, the Ronald Tudor Center, of course. But at the same time, it is it does seem like a big recruiting ploy to just get the renderings out there because, in a way, the renderings are more important than having nothing right now in the recruiting landscape. And that's one way that you can kind of keep up with Oregon and Alabama and Georgia and all those other schools that you're going after and and recruiting against and soon to be the big 10 schools, right? Like does just having the renderings makes a big deal, Chris, right? Like that goes a long way in so far as itself, right? Right. Renderings are important because they give vision, they give, you know, a tangible thing you can look at and be like, oh, this is shiny and new. But obviously, as you pointed out, renderings will become a dirty word if this this thing doesn't get built in a timely right. manner as USC's USC fans see fit. So, yeah, it's it's a it, it's a short term thing, the renderings. But you also need to have blueprints. You need to have somebody have a groundbreaking ceremony. You need to get those things rolling. You can't just let it linger and let it linger. I know you. The, the Olympics are obviously something that's, you know, maybe we'll have them take pause about when to actually start. But I think you could feasibly get something going before even the Olympics and maybe even get something done before it even gets going. Because obviously, as uh, you guys mentioned, the Olympics will disrupt a lot of things in the area and across the landscape. So you just got to get something on paper, you know, it's like get get, get something and, you know, just continue the uh, the excitement that you've already created with the uh, these quote unquote renderings, which will become stale after a couple of years. But just something, anything, just to keep it going a little. Even if it's just a couple of breadcrumbs here and there. They just want to see that move it along and not just uh, sit there. Yeah, you don't want to be the ace, right? You don't want to have a million renderings and then move to Vegas. Yeah, uh, which SC's not going to do. Uh, at least you, you would hope. Uh, but speaking of the momentum that is moving forward for the Trojans, a lot of that has to do with recruiting. It was a big recruiting weekend over the weekend. SC got a couple of new commits. Uh, well, one over the weekend, one was last week. Uh, but it was a big recruiting weekend in which they had a party on a yacht. Uh, there were pictures in which the Trojan recruits had the Big Ten patch on for the first time, which looked super cool and makes total sense. These kids that they're recruiting are not going to ever play in the Pac-12. Heck, the Pac-12 might never exist at the time that they're in the uh, in college football. Who knows? Uh, but two new commits, uh, Marcellus Williams, a four-star uh, composite corner from St. John Bosco, pledges to the Trojans on Sunday. Uh, then Walter Matthews, a four-star tight end out of Hiram, Georgia, um, Hiram, Georgia 
uh, committed to the Trojans uh, on Wednesday. Uh, SC gets another tight end, Alicia. It's like endless that SC's getting all these tight ends all of a sudden. I, I just love the tight ends that USC has committed right after I was on the, the Quack 12 podcast talking about how, like, why does USC even tight end anymore? Like, what is the point? And then USC is like, well, we're going to tight end. Just just look at this. We're going to keep using tight ends. And I'm not complaining. I just <laughs> I'm just not investing in them anymore until they do something like the string of tight ends that I got invested in. Oh, Josh follows going to be the next big thing. Oh, Jude Wolf and are going to be the next big thing. Oh, Lake McCree is going to be the next big thing. Bryce I'm just, Dixon. Hmm? Bryce Dixon. Bryce, well, well that, at least that's with a whole... Bryce Dixon, we saw it. Yes. That was... Him not being used was his, his, was only his, his own, own fault, fault. but yeah. that's a, that's another side plot. Yeah. Uh, but it's always exciting to to just add recruits. These last few recruiting weekends have been really fun to sort of keep track of. Um, Chris, uh, Chris would be the expert of the uh, the the two star podcast being all all recruiting recruiting focus and such. I think uh, if if we're going to hear anything about the guys that USC's bringing in, I want to hear it from Chris. I I love the use of tight end as a verb. We're going to tight end. Uh, better than anyone else. Yeah, I mean, as someone who bought like way too much stock of the Titan Room every year on the Family Feud podcast, like it's coming up big for me. You know, I, I'm starting to move a little bit on that uh, that investment. But yeah, Walter Matthews is a is a really good pickup, especially coming from Georgia and SEC country, and plucking him out of that region is says a lot. And obviously, he's also the second commitment right now out of Georgia with Cameron Fountain, who they got two weeks prior. So USC, you know, moving back to that national brand again with, you know, getting guys in Connecticut and Florida and just all over the country, they're, they're recruiting these guys. So Walter Matthews is another, you know, uh, notch in the belt for Lincoln Riley of picking these guys up wherever he wants. And, you know, Walter Matthews, six foot seven, he is a large human being. And I've talked about this on the composite two-star recruits, but, you know, I would not be shocked if he ended up playing offensive tackle somewhere down the line. He is that kind of body type. You look at him like that's a good looking uh, prospect that you could maybe put on the offensive line. So I wonder if Josh Henson's, you know, looking at his chops a little bit like I love to get my hands and work with him, put on 60 pounds of him and just make him a tackle. You know, you hear all those stories about high end uh, NFL draft picks, offensive linemen being tight ends in high school and having great footwork mm-hmm. and playing basketball. Uh, just once they got to college and they put a bunch of weight on him, that's the kind of body type Walter Matthews has. You know, he's not Deuce Robinson in terms of his speed down the field. You know, he's a flexed out guy that they'll make a vertical threat, but he does have blocking ability. So they'll move him around inside and out. I mean, I talked to him after he committed because he was in town for the Elite 11. He was uh, one of the pass catchers. They flew in to to catch uh, balls from these quarterbacks. So, you know, he wanted to commit on his way back to Southern California. You know, he, I don't think he had any idea what time it was on the West coast when he committed. Cause it was like a 5 a.m. commitment, but you know, whatever he'll get used to that when he moves out here, but it's a really good pickup just because of the message it sends, you know, getting kids out of the sec country. And then obviously the momentum that USC in this 2024 class is building. Does that, does that momentum feel different? I I'm always hesitant when I sort of think to myself like, Oh, it things feel different. Um, because a lot of times I'll look back at like data or whatever and realize like, no, it wasn't like, it's not like USC wasn't recruiting out of state under Clay Helton or anything like that. 
but it also feels like there's real national recruiting momentum for USC that they didn't have uh, under under the previous regime. Do you think that's that's an illusion, or do you think that that really is a, a reality? No, that that's definitely a reality. I know what you're kind of talking about with you know the Clay Helton era. Do you guys mention that? Do you guys say his name on this podcast? Yeah. Okay. Say, okay. I, I don't know if there's like a rule. I'm breaking. Uh, but yeah, with the Clay Helton era, I know obviously during the the later years when their recruiting juice had really, really dried up and everyone was negative recruiting the heck out of them with, you know, how long is he going to be here? What's So really tainted the well with USC recruiting. But yeah, I mean, they would occasionally, you know, grab somebody random out of nowhere. You know, they could still get a four-star guy or a high-level guy. But it just doesn't feel the same. You know, it's you get this nice gift, but then you look around, it's like, uh, but they're not really recruiting at that high level, you know, outside of, you know, Dante Williams, you know, snagging a really good prospect and convincing him to come here. You know, you're not getting that. But now it's like across the board. I mean, you have to think about it like USC beat out Florida head to head for Walter Matthews. I know, you know, Florida's not uh, the Florida it was, you know, 10 years ago or whatever, but it's still an SEC program with SEC money and SEC facilities and stuff like that. Cameron Fountain, you know, USC beat straight up with Tennessee, went head to head with them and won. And, you know, Tennessee was the leader for them going into his official visit. So they did a heck of a job on that official visit, obviously selling his mom and everything. So USC is going toe to toe with these bigger SEC programs. And last year, you know, they beat Ohio state for Tackett Curtis straight up with them. So they're beating other big programs, nationally relevant programs, which speaks to the health that USC has had under uh, with USC recruiting under Lincoln Riley. Yeah. And this is another sort of thing to think about too, that this is kind of the first time this 2024 class that SC has had with Lincoln Riley, where he's been able to make inroads as juniors and bring everybody around. Like, we, we can say the 2023 class was really his first real class, right? But 2024 is the first one that he's had kind of like the entire two-year cycle with um, as we go forward. And I think that's going to really start to pay dividends and start to get big wins here. And one of the things we've talked about on the pod is that recruiting over the last 10 years has really been an interesting thing to pay attention to because in a lot of ways um, – it hasn't been as interesting and not strictly because though this could be a part of it, uh, not strictly because SC wasn't, you know, it, it's, it's been nine years since they had that number one class in 2014, right? Like not strictly because of that, but you know, the, the difference in the, the signing day, we go to the early signing day period. Now that, that recruiting period before um, in January, before signing day is no longer like, ripe with rumors of like, Oh my God, where's, where's Adori? Is Adori going on a secret, secret mission? I mean, a, a secret visit is uh, where's Biggie Marshall. What hotel is Biggie Marshall at right now? Right? Like those things have kind of gone away. The transfer portal has sort of taken away part of that. Then you have like the, the taking away of um, like Nike's the opening was a big deal on TV for several years and you used to like learn about so many recruits over in the summer. That is no longer on TV all the time. 
I feel like recruiting has sort of lost its its luster in a lot of ways, and yet at the same time, here is SC sort of ramping that up. Um, is it is that perception that we've had and talked about on this pod strictly just like an us thing where we're just you we're know old? Yeah, olds. Are, are yeah? Are we getting old and paying less attention? Is this is this a, a result of SC not? recruiting at a high level and, and therefore we're less interested or has this strictly been a reality where it's not as hot as it was back then because now you've got the transfer portal and you've got so many things to take care of but on the the flip side is sc is trending that recruiting interest way back up again is this, think, this all making sense i, I know i'm just yeah, rambling yeah you're just rambling but i but i got you you know i'm on i'm on a podcast with gerard martinez i can handle the ramble <laughs> I, I get it so yeah i understand what you're saying and i think it's a little bit of column a i think it's a little bit of column b not saying you guys are old you guys might even be younger than me so let's not call anyone old on this no, podcast world no, <laughs> but yeah i mean i i know what you're saying because i I grew up with that too, obviously. And any everyone in this chat, I can assume, was that was there too with like February National Signing Day. Like the drama of a February signing day, there's like there's like nothing like yeah, it. the closest you take off ever, of work and the whole deal. Yeah, yeah, no work. You know, you're just you start ESPN at like five in the morning. Well, if you're on the West Coast or whatever, but you get it. it's all day. You're going to different high schools. You're you're hearing the the scoop and the drama. You're on the board all day. You, you see it all. And, you know, the closest thing we've gotten to that is like when Cormani McLean, the five-star cornerback, like ditched his visit to go to secret visit to Colorado. Like that's the closest we've ever gotten to anything like that, I feel like. And 10, ten things like that was happening leading up to February and on February. So, yeah, you know, you miss that. You want to figure out how to recapture that. But kind of the early signing period has kind of like killed that, which I understand you know, we talk about maybe they should do an early signing period in the summer just to like, because there's so much going on in December with these coaches, with the transfer portal also opening up and then like preparing for bowl games and then and then coaches like leaving for new jobs or getting fired. There's like so much going on. So like the NCAA has to tweak that at some point. But yeah, I see what you're saying. But also like, I think USC also was just really bad at recruiting. So even this new era, it's like it wasn't exciting to be a USC fan and 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 like recruiting, but like, tell me that that Monday or that 72 hour window where USC got like six commits that didn't feel, tell me that didn't feel like national signing day. Just like, Oh yeah. Like, yeah I yeah. think things are turning around. Absolutely. Which is exciting again, because it's, it's way more interesting to pay attention now than it was, you know, even just a few months ago and certainly than a year ago or two years ago. Um, and you know, f- all the all the stuff, all the pictures that came out this weekend of like the kids on the yacht and all that stuff. Like, yeah, I think we saw some of that during the Helton stuff. We'd see pictures at the breakfast down on the strand and all that, but it just it just feels a lot different. And I don't want it to just strictly be the Lincoln Riley effect, but but it is, right? Like it 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 is. Yeah, I mean it definitely is. And but it's also, you know, part of the new a strategy with these coaches is you got to bring everyone in during the summer. Like the summers where you make your money with these recruitments and you want to get as many kids in the class as you can going into your season, because you don't want to focus on recruiting while you have the season. So that's kind of a, a shift with uh, the early signing period and the transfer portal, obviously, 
because you you need to be ready to sign everyone in December because if they're not signing with you, they're somewhere signing somewhere else. Not a lot of kids are waiting until February, so you got to be in position to lock up your class in December, which is taking away a lot of that excitement that we love so much in February. But that's just the way it is now. And with NIL, you know, you gotta you gotta lock your kids down early, get their class full, get it to like 18, 20 kids, and then you can kind of pick and choose where you fill the rest of your holes for that class. If you're if you're trying to go to 25 or 26 or whatever, not now that you don't have limits, how much you can take in a class, but that's just kind of the new wave, the new way these coaches like to build their class. And you see it with the top programs. They're going to have, you know, 20, 22 kids by the end of summer going to their season. So USC is trying to make that move and get on there. You know, they're at uh, 11 right now. So, you know, I think they're going to try to be around 18 by the end of the summer, 20, you know, at this pace, maybe 20. So, yeah, I mean, that's just the move now. Yeah, it really does remind me of that uh, 2013 class, which was, Literally every day, SC was getting a new, uh, a new recruit. And at one point, they were all four and five stars. I can and... see it in your eyes. You think fondly of that summer. <laughs> oh yeah, the the summer of 2012. Yeah, when uh, a lot of a lot of a lot of different SC hype uh, at that time, which uh, SC did not live up to. But like, I you know, you go back to who was who was the coach? It was Lane Kiffin, right? And I think Lane Kiffin gets recruiting and. Lincoln Riley gets recruited. And I think you see a lot of the same ways that they sort of built their class. Um, very similar. You just want to, yeah, you want to make those inroads uh, in the summer and dominate that time rather than getting on the back foot and, and being behind everything. And um, that's a really good way of looking at it. Um, going back to the new commitments. One other guy that we didn't talk about much is Marcellus Williams, the big one, uh, the, the second highest rated um, commit for the Trojans in this class, according to the 24-7 composites, uh, rated 73rd nationally, the eighth-ranked recruit in the States, 5'11", buck 85 out of St. John Bosco. Uh, another DB. SC has sort of like been forever uh, of late picking up those uh, those DBs out of the pipelines, the big pipelines here in, in SoCal. What, what's, uh, what do you got about, about Williams? Dante Williams revenge tour, you know, getting him and Dakota fields, uh, two of the top three cornerbacks other in Southern California, you know, you don't have to go far for quarterbacks, skill players and quarterback and cornerbacks out here in Southern California. So Dante flexing his uh, local muscles and, and pulling two really big guys on their board, especially with Dakota from Oregon. And then Marcellus, you know, was taking a look at Oklahoma UCLA, Ohio State was obviously involved really early in this process, but yeah, and the younger, younger, youngest brother of Max Williams, you know, the redshirt senior safety uh, out of USC, and Max is a really, really good player. Uh, and but he he said himself on uh, Twitter that he is the best. Marcellus is the best. Max will uh, Max is the best. Williams brother, excuse me, I'm all tied up with these Williams and Maxes, but yeah. He's not the biggest cornerback, obviously, you know, plays at St. John Bosco, but he's he's been productive in a very, very tough high school league, the Trinity League. So he's battle tested. He is their number one cornerback. You know, they won a national championship last year with that defense. And so he has been tested. He has gone against some of the best receivers in Southern California. He's not the biggest guy, like I said, five foot eleven, you know, but he's athletic. He's sticky. He will stick to you. And it's a good pickup for USC just because they need cornerbacks and they need to lock down local guys. And St. John Bosco has been a trouble spot for them. You know, UCLA is rated there. Ohio State has rated there as well. So getting a guy 
of that caliber out of that program is good for them. And the big thing with Bosco is, you know, they were like, are they going to get developed at USC? Obviously that's a big thing with a lot of teams, negative recruiting at USC is like, uh, we never saw any development at a, at a USC. And now obviously Lincoln Riley, they can point to, yeah, we can develop some guys. So this is another step to, you know, building that trust at St. John Bosco and their high school and getting him, you know, when they're still recruiting guys like Peyton Woodyard and Kingston, Biliama Asa, their top linebacker prospect. So just, uh, just helps having a guy in that locker room who can whisper, Hey, Come be a Trojan, come be a Trojan. So this is a big pickup for them. And, you know, I don't think they're done with quarterbacks, maybe one more, but from a local standpoint, this is a huge one. Yeah. And Alicia, it's yet another M.A. Williams, Um, obviously the younger brother of Max, but Mario Williams, too. Um, (laughs) There's a million M.A. Williamses, but uh, he'll get to SC in 2024. So he might not play at the same time as those other. M.A. Williams's, so you might not get confused like I do. No, we'll just have to keep straight who the new M.A. Williams is on the roster <laughs> after the old ones leave, and then this the is why it's good. There's no of... names in the back, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's hard enough to keep track of numbers at times. So Mar- Marcellus Williams going to come in, and what number is he going to wear? And then there's just a million different things. It's still better when it was. Uh, Jaden Williams and and uh, Jaden Daniels and Jaden. There were like three different <laughs> spellings Daniels, of the Jadens Jayden, and yeah. yeah. Although Ni- Marcella is Nico Fala and Fala Nico. Yeah. yeah, it just names all over the place. Um, but that's, that's that's fine. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, if you're joining us here in the chat on YouTube, be sure to. Um, Toss in any questions. We've gotten a bunch. We've been starring them, and uh, we'll get back to those when we get to the mailbag here towards uh, the later part of the show. Um, but we are thrilled to have Chris on because one of the, you know, we talked earlier. This was Chris said that this was a bucket list item to be on the show, and he wanted to come on and talk bad takes. Um, why I don't know because we all know that I have good takes, but he wanted to rank my bad takes. What what is uh what what is your lead into this segment here? Uh talking about my, ranking my bad takes. What what's uh what what do you got against my takes, man? Yeah, from your perspective, elite takes from my perspective, bad takes, but <laughs> it it's just incredible because obviously we follow each other on Twitter and it just seemed like Every time I would see like your name in my uh, feed, it just felt like it was just always a, a food take that I just I just shook my head and be like, oh, it's like 50 in a row now. I just like you haven't broken the streak like once. And uh, we've gone back and forth about, you know, certain ones on uh, social media. So I just decided this is a game that people play on TikTok, you know, where they like give you 10 movies and then you have to yeah. like rank them uh best to worst but you don't you can only you can't move them out of the slot once you put them in so you never know what's going to happen so i just thought it'd be a fun exercise to do this with you and your takes i don't think i don't expect them all to be food takes uh yeah they're they're not all food takes i've I've written a bunch down yeah Um, and i'm gonna i have my pen and paper right here because just because i i need to keep track for my own doing and i love a good bit so uh (laughs) yeah this is uh this is why i i pitched this 
Yeah, I'm I'm super excited. So Alicia, you know most of these. We're we're missing a a, a TikTok filter or something with like something yes, streaming just... over the top of Chris. Yeah, you head. yeah. We, All right, we so uh, we'll we'll start with with one that we've talked about in the podcast recently. Food is best warm. Food is best warm. You know that's not a back uh, a backbreaker for me. That's not like oh my god, um, food is best warm. Would would that be like the most mild take on this? I don't, I don't disagree with that. I don't disagree with that. You know, ice cream obviously elite, not well, great warm. We're gonna we're gonna pretend it doesn't it doesn't you know talk Exist about like hot universe. food is best warm. Is hot that better? Food, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think that's egregious. So, so it doesn't apply to to ice cream. Okay, I'm gonna put that at nine. Okay, so nine means like. The the scale is one. Yeah, is one worse. is like the the most. Okay, Egregious. Throw it away. Get it out of here. You should be. You should have your podcast mic removed and never be allowed to podcast again. That's one. Nine is like nine and ten. Obviously, the like the most tame. Like I I, I don't. I'm not gonna fight you on this. It's like okay, you could talk me into it. All right. Here's the next one. TV is best consumed while wearing headphones. Oh God. Um, <laughs> I don't know what that oh god was about. Headphones. I, the reason I have this take is I watch a lot of TV with headphones on, like on your laptop, and, like you're watching on the couch. No, so like this is the uh, beauty of Roku, by the way. We, we have a Roku that has a plug-in spot for headphones on the remotes, and like all the time, I'll be playing video games on one TV, watching Roku on the other TV with the headphones on while I'm watching Succession. It's great. It's like. The, the audio, the, you don't have to worry about the audio balance. You don't have to worry about this being too loud at this point and this being too soft at the other. It's great. Yeah, I, I see your point. It's just like, what do you want? What do you guys do you want to watch the show together? Like you just. You We'd can't? have to get two headphones and a splitter. She, she just watches in a different room with her own headphones that. Uh, I'm just not taken into. I'm just not taken into. Consideration uh, okay. yeah, it, it's in very, these. it feels like a very like selfish take you know it's like this is my sure. me time kind of deal that's fair now the the thing you have to understand about about us though is that we're both video game people sure uh so like behind me is the the playstation and the tv that i play my video games on and then in the other room is where he tends to play his video games and so there's a lot of times where we are separately playing video games and not watching something together so, like, there there are regular opportunities for there to be. There's also a different sleep solo cycles. Watching. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You've you've talked me into the the logic of it. I just don't know if I would be one of these people. But I'm gonna put it at seven. Okay. All right. TV Let, let's with headphones. Okay. Let, let's let's ramp things up here. Oh no. Um. A banana with spots on it should never be eaten. Oh. Uh. You mean like, do you mean like by itself? You just like, or not used for anything? You mean just like thrown away? It can only be used for 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 banana pudding. Banana, I mean, but not banana, banana pudding. Uh, banana bread. You can save it for banana bread, and that's fine. Okay. But the second it has a spot on it, it's done. And one spot. Yeah, one spot. And You're not done. talking about yeah. like bruised to heck. You're just talking about like one brown spot. One brown spot. It's done. It needs to be solid yellow with green tips. Oh my god, this is terrible. You know, you know that means it's like ripened, right? That's when the sugar <laughs> is at a peak, right? Yeah, but That's then it's it soft, and then it gets a, a weird aftertaste. It's uh, 
oh, this is it's not one or two territory, but I feel like I'm gonna put that at there four. There will be worse ones, yeah. Chris, I'm don't gonna worry. put that at four just because you just said one spot, just like one spot, it's like ruined. Yeah, I just have to yes, put this one at spot. Uh, yeah, I, just, I, I put it at four, even though I I really yeah. Just just move on. I'm I, it's all right. I'm this one I expect to get a lot of heat about. Golden doodles are a bad dog. <laughs> a golden doodle. First, I thought you were talking about food. I was like, I'm very confused. But a golden doodle. <laughs> I know what a golden doodle. There's a couple in my neighborhood. They're very spunky. They're very in your face. I don't know anyone personally awful. that has a. You say ugly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You think golden doodles are ugly? Yeah, any poodle. Not 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 for me. It's Jake, such a fun please, name to say though. This doesn't apply to There's, your dogs, Jake. The only valid reason to talk crap about doodles is that they're a designer breed that uh are um contributing to population issues among among dogs and and there's health concerns that go into any any dog breed that's being bred for profit essentially so like i'll give you that yeah but they're all good dogs michael taking on big breed I, I i love it yeah i can't say like i've been like personally offended by any golden doodles so <laughs> i'm just gonna keep it at a six right now okay i, I can't say i've been personally I feel like you're disappointed in how hot doodles is my so. favorite sentence that's been ever mm-hmm. uttered I, by a guest on I, this I'm, show i'm gonna add some heat here <sighs> Um, the office is overrated. All right. All right. <laughs> okay. The I, office is perfectly fine. It's completely overrated by people who think that it's like this revolutionary, amazing show. I'm one of those people. It's, it's, it's so not. this might be number one for me, <laughs> but also how dare you is my second point. Um, oh my goodness. Is there going to be something this feels like you personally crafted this one for me. <laughs> I, this did, feels I, like did you personally, I did not. Have you watched the show? Just yeah, the show is all right. Like it's 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 funny. He, it's it's all right. The earlier never, seasons. He has never sat down from pilot to with his headphones even, on. Even he's never watched a full season. <laughs> I would wager. Okay. So okay. yeah, I I wouldn't trust his opinion on this. this is, I've watched plenty of episodes. It's perfectly fine. It's I, it's it's like Ted Lasso. It's perfectly fine in most ways. It's not like worth making your personality. That's that's I, my uh, I feel very attacked uh, right now. <laughs> I, this I, is uh, not an attack. I uh, I'm going to. Uh, this feels like it could be my one, but I'm going to put it at two just because I think there's one more gut punch coming. So I'm going to put it at two, even though I really want to put it at one, but I could be making a mistake, but it's like, it's like one B it's like one B for me, but it's at the two spot. It's at my two spot. Okay. Next one. Um, any of the stuffed Oreo varietals, varietals. horrendous. Terrible. The worst part of the Oreo is the cream. The best part of the Oreo is the cookie. And so anything that is like extra stuffed, triple stuffed, double stuffed, whatever, bad. The the best Oreo is just the regular Oreo. I'll even take the thins over the the double stuffed. No, the thins are elite. I'm actually kind of with you on this. Like the cream is just whatever. The cookie is the real. uh, Yes. 
The like, cookie is what we think of as an Oreo. But but I I hate Oreos now because my girlfriend hates the middle, so she makes me scrape the middle off for her <laughs> so she can just have the cookie. <laughs> so she would agree with this. And also, I kind of agree with it because I don't care about the dub- the double stuff or the triple stuff, whatever. I don't care yeah. about that. So I think I'm going to go with the 10 spot here. Okay. Um, if so they my made just flats, like like just Oreo discs, that would be the, just that's essentially just the thins. That's the closest thing we'll get is the thins. Yeah, like like I think I think those would be good because like you know you, you go to um, you go to an ice cream place that has the ice cream bit the where you can put the toppings on. Usually, yeah, yeah they're stone. crushed up Oreos, but a lot of times it's just like the cookie bits. Yeah, because the cream gets in the way. It, it, it exactly. throws off the flavor. Yeah. Am I correct? We have four more. Yes, I have. I have, okay. I have four more. Okay. I feel good. I feel. I feel like we're in a good spot outside of the office right now. So we'll see. The the next one is, um, the best condiment. Oh, no. Is mayo. The best. The best. The, the best, best condiment is mayo. Yeah. The best condiment is mayo. See, yes. this this take is interesting to me because it's it's really narrow on on what the truth of the full picture of the take is because in reality to Michael there are only two condiments. <laughs> well there's <laughs> there's th- technically the, there's three. There's it's mayo and ketchup. There's mayo, there's ketchup and there's nacho cheese. Okay. And the rest of them Correct me if I'm wrong, Michael, but you might use the word trash to describe. Yes, all anything of the rest besides of those three condiments are trash. I agree. You know, make this <laughs> mayo, huh. ketchup, like, and nacho cheese are the only condiments worth eating. We can call that a take. It's like That's- I listened to someone make a really great point and then I realized, oh, they're insane. So <laughs> I, I don't know how I feel about once I have the full context as you have provided. I feel I, I like mayonnaise. I, I do like mayonnaise. I don't know if it's the best but i think it's up there but you're just like you live in a world where there's only three condiments so yeah just based off that i feel like i have to put it at the eight spot okay see that's not bad it's not not, it's not bad it's not egregious uh i only have my one naturally if you if you didn't have to if you if the spots weren't prematurely chosen Mm, here yeah i still think it's in the bottom half uh Maybe seven. You could talk me into nine, though. But eight feels right for right now. All right. I only got here's, three top five spots one that left. Will, oh, great. This will turn the chat against me. Okay. I love the Stanford band. I think the Stanford band is great. Famously, the Stanford band is not great, though, right? <laughs> yeah. That's like the thing. You love the uh, you love the lore of the Stanford band. You love and the, the sound, everything. Yeah. You love the ideal of a Stanford love all band. Of it. Yeah, I mean, I, lo- I love the story of the Stanford band. I mean, would I go listen to them play at an opera house? Probably not. Um, I have a Stanford band CD. Oh, okay. So it goes a little deeper than what we're talking <laughs> about. Uh, yeah, that's not like, I mean, if you like the Stanford band, you like the Stanford band, man. I'm going to put that at five. Okay. As the chat turns on you. <laughs> so I got one and three left. So. All right. Last one. Uh, oh, wait, two more. Two more. No bones, no gristle, no exoskeletons belong in a plate. None of it. No bones? No bones, no gristle, no gristle, or exoskeletons. No exoskeletons. None of it. 
So no bones, no get, get your bone in wings out of here. Terrible. Um, I don't want to like be tearing apart a lobster or a crab and like taking the meat out. Mm, like, like I, I'm, I'm like already I'm some you, you you've, primal, you've targeted like, me against this. Like savage, not me. I'm no. chewing on the gristle of this take, and <laughs> ah, I mean, as a as a a Maryland native, and just the fact that I grew up crunching down breaking crabs is like a part of me. So like, like I giant cannot insects. Sure, like... it's a social thing. You know, it's like you're at a table. <laughs> With beer and you're chilling. You're not going to get full off crabs. That's not the point, though. The point is it's just a social thing that brings you together. But like a a T-bone steak, uh, a T-bone steak, uh, wings, like I don't I don't understand all these things. Bone marrow. Infinitely better. Uh, uh, Just nuggets, people say. And yeah, what's wrong with nuggets? Also, (laughs) give me give me a lobster tail that has no exoskeleton. Yes, yeah. take that parts of, all those things off of it. Yeah. I give and, just, and I, of course when it comes to steak, filet mignon, it never it never gets better than filet mignon. I'm just putting uh bones number one. I don't know. <laughs> bones <laughs> number one. So whatever you say here is the third spot. Does not matter. I hope it's not uh worse than bones or the opposite. All right. Uh the the last one is uh Owning reptiles is immoral. <laughs> I didn't know we were making moral judgments now. <laughs> Basically, yeah, he got... okay. Reptiles are the worst pets. Here, let's just go with that. They're the worst pets. They're not cuddly. They're not cute. You also just like purposely put them in a cage in perpetuity. They can't go outside for a walk. Like, yeah, they're the I worst actu- pet. I actually find myself agreeing with him. Um, I once went to a like, I don't know what it was. I think it was like a reptile place. I don't know why I was in there, but like there was like these giant tortoises in like a tiny pen, and they were just like standing there. Like that can't be fun it for can't them. Be so fun. No. This is the third one. It probably should not be the third one because <laughs> I kind of agree with it. It's probably closer to uh, you know, the nine or eight range, but I just have to okay. put it in the uh, the rep the reptiles at three, so I look like a really bad person. <laughs> and I agree with you. So, well, I mean, I'm the one who said it, so I look worse. So uh, read <laughs> us the the rankings you got. Uh, you want it from the top or from the bottom? Either way, wh- wh- whatever. Okay, way let's you go from go. the the ten. The ten spot is Oreos and their filling. You know that they uh, the best part is the cookie, not the filling. So that's fine. Uh, number nine is with the first one. Food is best. Warm, hot food is best warm. Yeah, I, 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 I would tend to agree with this. I guess so. We're, we kept it the nine. It's fine. Mayo was the best condiment at eight. Not. I think it's elite. I don't know about the best, but it has to go in the eight spot. Uh, TV is better with headphones. That's in my seven spot. Again, maybe I just have to be the show, shown the way. I'm not like a headphone TV person, so maybe I'm just. I don't, I don't know that lifestyle, so I'm not, like, in there. <laughs> uh, so that's at seven. Six, golden doodles. Just screw them. Yeah, that's the sixth <laughs> spot. Uh, again, never been uh, accosted by a golden doodle, so I think they're fine. But what do I know? Uh, so that's at the sixth spot. Five is a Stanford band. Uh, the chat really doesn't like it, but 
you know, if, if that's Michael's thing, that's Michael's thing. You know, he can he can live with the, the Stanford band. Uh, four, Banana is useless if it has one single spot. That is at the four spot. I actually would probably put this higher by how egregious of a of a <laughs> statement that is. Uh, yeah, but that's at the four spot. Reptiles are immoral to own and the worst pet. Yeah, that that's probably my only like, ooh, I should wish I had this lower, but it's at the three spot. Uh, the office being overrated as at the two spot, and then bones, exoskeletons, gristle, <laughs> cartilage, kneecaps, whatever, uh, <laughs> it should not be on a plate ever, which is just nonsense. Uh, I'm okay with those one and two. You could talk me into switching them, but I'm also fine with them as the one and two. The reptiles is probably the only one I would uh, swap somewhere. All right, that's fair. Uh, Alicia, how do you think of his uh, rankings? Um, what do you think? I, I think it's an impossible task, but one that you <laughs> signed up for. So The secret part is you agree with many of them. So That's, that's the, oh. okay, the funny part is, is that... She agrees. Well, she I don't agrees. know. I I married the man. The, he, he has <laughs> more egregious <laughs> takes than the ones that he shared. And things like Oreos, um, so, I, like... What did I, I leave off? actively agree with. What, what, what did I leave off that I should have included? Um, you don't like gravy. You don't like mashed potatoes. Correct, you don't like correct. bacon. Correct. You don't like sausage. Correct. You don't like bratwurst. You don't correct. like, it's like, there's, I, I just, <laughs> you don't think things. Oh, we got a question in the chat plate. about like, chorizo. He's offended yeah, by Thanksgiving like plates because Different bits of the food touch. Yeah, on food the should plate. not touch. Like, That's correct. He wants to eat every meal out of one of those kids' plates that have little div- dividers for each. No, I'd rather have plate. everything on a separate plate. Or yeah, or that yeah. Like he wants tapas. That's what he wants. Yeah, but he would he never wants- eat tapas. <laughs> <laughs> he would never actually eat tapas. He wants Korean barbecue sides. This is is uh, his ideal. Yeah, so, yes, I, I could eat every meal at at Korean barbecue. Yeah, as as we all. As we all, but 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 you're like you're agreeing with like banana, the banana. I, I I am not as fervent on. I agree that the best time to eat the banana is when it's still got green on the tips. But I will continue to eat the banana well through some some brown spots. There, there does there is a certain level of brown spots at which I will decline to eat a banana. But you're yelling at golden doodles. <laughs> no, I, golden doodles are wonderful. Every golden doodle I've ever met has been lovely. I just have, uh, you know, disagreements with certain breeding practices that extend far beyond golden doodles and into all designer which dogs. Speaks to a larger issue at hand. Yes, which speaks not to a larger the issue that the dogs dog. are not at fault for the humans involved in those things are at fault. Do not go after the individual. Go after the system. Is Thank what you. she's saying. Yes. I yeah. agree. But that's fair. That's fair. But that is the list. <laughs> and my awful handwriting. Perfect. There we um, have it. All right, let's get into Mount Rockmore before we get to the mailbag. We've got a bunch of questions. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Um, Mount Rotmore. It is USC Castaways. Uh, Chris has come up with the idea. We love it. Uh, We'll give you the idea, Chris. Yes. Uh, well, USC just hosted a yacht party for their big golden hour, not golden mm-hmm. doodle, golden hour. So I thought, you know, what if, you know, you were shipwrecked on an island after a big yacht party and what players would you want to be shipwrecked with either for fun or maybe the best chance of survival? Like what your thinking is. All right, Alicia, you go, you go first. I first want to state that uh, this is a great idea that we are absolutely pigeonholing into, into the, the Rushmore idea, the Rotmore idea, which I love. It's by perfect. The way. It's I'm perfect. all about pigeonholing. Um, okay. Trojans to take on a yacht. Uh, uh, are we saying USC football or just USC? Yeah. I'm just, I'm saying the current team. I'm saying oh, the current, the current team. Okay. Okay. Or you, can open, you, can, you can open it up to the No, no, entire... no I like it. Okay. I like I like current team. Uh let's see. I go Caleb Williams. Um uh, who, who are you who are you gonna say if it wasn't the current team? Oh, I was gonna go with the classics. Because my, uh, my first person down was was gonna be Keyshawn. Oh, I was I was gonna go Leinart and Bush and probably Juju and I don't know, like Pete Carroll or something like that. Um, this isn't a desert island, so like I don't need anyone's skills. It's just like who would I be interested to like be? Well, if we become castaways, it could be a desert island. I mean, theoretically, it could be a tropical yes. island too. Um, okay, so I'm going Caleb Williams, Justin Dietrich would be fun, Max Williams would be fun, mm-hmm. um, and screw it, let's uh, let's get to know Tackett Curtis. All right, it's a good mix. Uh, Chris, what do you got? Okay, all of my reasons are for survival-based only, and I just want <laughs> everyone to know that. Uh, first good. off the bat, we're going Eric Gentry. I need the height to reach high places, you know, coconuts, uh, bananas with spots on them. All of those things <laughs> would be in reach of one Eric Gentry. In picking <laughs> Eric Gentry, I do realize I'm not getting a lot of body fat and body warmth to stay warm in this situation. So I need some uh, I need some bigger boys to help with this. So I'm going to take Mason Murphy. And you're thinking, Mason Murphy, that seems like a random one. But Mason Murphy is a fierce guy. And I want somebody, somebody like that in my cave or my tree hut, whatever I'm building. So I've seen that guy on the sideline. He gets after it. So I want Mason Murphy. And then I'm getting another offensive lineman with Justin Dietrich because I think he would be funny uh, in a situation like this. And he's a good leader as a team captain. And he doesn't panic mm-hmm. because he is a center. You can't be a panic center, you know. So he's got poise, which I love. Uh, Tackett Curtis is also one of my picks. Grew up in the Texas and Louisiana area. The guy knows how to hunt. And he's freaking Rambo, so I cannot bring him to the jungle. <laughs> so Tackett Curtis is my fourth. 
And then my last one, kind of a wild card, kind of not. Dennis Lynch is coming along with us on this uh, this adventure. He's your magic man. Uh, yeah. yeah. In case we need someone to stand on Eric Gentry's shoulders for that extra height, uh, I'm going <laughs> to pick them. I'm going to pick – those are my five, Eric Gentry, Mason Murphy, Justin Dietrich, Tackett, Curtis, and one Dennis Lynch. I, I love that. I, I think that all of those picks are super sound. Uh, I love the Eric Gentry pick. I thought about that. He was high on my list, um, but he's not on my list. Here's my list. Ready? Uh, I am go- I'm going to prioritize people who l- were born on islands, from oh. islands. This because that means that they probably have experience swimming, experience being on a beach, anything like that. So Does we're Long going Pino Quinones. He's, fr- he's from Hawaii. Sure. sure. He's one of my guys. Tyrone Teleni from Samoa. Also good. One of my guys. There we go. You talked about Eric Gentry for height. I'm going to go to the source, Romello height. <laughs> I think that he'd be a great fit. Uh, and the last thing is um, when you need to get, um, you know, you are, you need to have something in, in common with somebody. So I got to go with Anthony Beavers Jr. Famously former Narbonne recruit. So there you go. He went to Narbonne and then he went to, uh, what was it? St. Bernard. I thought you were making like a beaver wood joke. <laughs> no, but like he could make a dam if we need to, right? Like he could dam sure. up some water for us. Sure. Yeah. yeah. I was waiting for it. I was waiting for the, the punchline. Well, there we have it. So, so, so there, there we go. I, I let us know in the chat who, who has the, uh, the best group of, uh, of castaways with them. Uh, of course, Alicia her her team led by Caleb Williams uh, Chris is led by Eric Gentry and mine led by um, uh, the two Island Island boys, uh, Gino Quinones and uh, Tyrone Teleni. So uh, there we go. Um, let's get into the mailbag though. Shall we? You've got mail. All right. We got a bunch of questions uh, on YouTube, but first we got to start with a discord message we got from LA Fred. Uh, if you could have any of the, any item in of sports memorabilia, sports memorabilia, not the actual trophy of the player reward. So you can't just say a Heisman trophy. <laughs> uh, what would the, what would the things be on your wish list? Chris, what, what what's on your sports memorabilia wish list? I would say a game used like Cal Ripken Jersey. Okay. Preferably Which from game? his historic you, you, season. Maybe the one he broke the record in. Okay. Is it 2193? Is that the number? I think so. Yeah. Something like that. Someone will correct us if not. Don't worry, I, 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 I'm counting on them. That's it, it, a good pull. Uh, Alicia, what do you got? The first thing that popped in my head is is real dumb, but it's the the cart that Marshawn Lynch drove around. That's in. a good one. That's a good one. <laughs> Just very I mean, randomly. Very, it's a big faux pas that we've jumped on an SC podcast and I've talked about the Stanford band and you want the cart that Marshawn Lynch I'm just, drove. I'm just but I mean, that works. That it just works. seems more interesting than like, I don't know, like Leinert's jersey from the Bush Push or something like that. <laughs> like, I need some time to think about like a truly unique piece of, of sports memorabilia. A I... Kiffin visor. Whose visor? Kiffin. Kiffin's, uh, Kiffin's visor. visor 
Kiffin's visor from the 2011 Stanford loss. So I saw a TikTok where this this kid bought the shorts that Neymar wore when he got hurt in the 2014 World Cup. I he bought it for too. like, he's like, oh, I bought this. It's like a 115 quid on eBay. And he's like pulling it all up and like showing pictures of the, the mud stains and comparing them to pictures to prove them. And all I could think of is like, Neymar's junk was right there and you're holding it up right in front of your face. And like, I'm not sure I want something that's game worn because of this. Having said that, I want gloves and I want, I know gloves would probably be sweaty and gross, but I want gloves from a key moment. And so give me the gloves that Dwayne Jarrett wore when he made the fourth and nine catch. That's a good Mm. one. I like it. There we go. Historical catch, literally in those gloves. That, that'll work for me. Um, let's get to the uh, the YouTube questions that we got here. Uh, Fighting on MC says, uh, first things first, uh, hey, Chris, your your composite two-star recruit show with Gerard uh, is great. Yay to the cilantro boys. Thank you. Thank you for composite two-star recruits. I wonder how much lap, lap, uh, lap overlap we have between our uh, two fan bases. I'm sure a lot because there's a lot of cilantro it's, in this room. Yeah. <laughs> Ab- yeah. And c- cilantro, bad food, by the way. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm leaving. Just do the questions without me. I do not endorse that. Yeah, I prefer to call it coriander, by the way. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> coriander boys, um, no, it doesn't work. <laughs> uh alex says uh can chris expand on uh sc hiring a defensive analyst yes uh i'm blanking on the name right now uh bryson walter allen i believe that might be the name but yeah they hired a new defensive quality control uh pickup for them uh former top 100 prospect out of, of the 2014 class out of georgia uh, played at Southern Cal- Southern Carolina, excuse me, had offers the from the other USC. I believe he says USC alum, which I was very confused by when I read his bio. But he comes from North North Carolina, where he was a defensive uh, graduate assistant. I'm assuming he's going to be working with uh, Roy Manning as in the rush end room because that's what he played in uh, college. He was a, he's a pass rusher, so I would assume he's going to work there. And they seem to have you know. Uh, grad, assist- grad assistance for a lot of positions on defense, uh, cornerbacks, linebackers, offensive line. So I'm assuming he's going to work with Roy Manning. But, yeah, he is a good pickup, good pass rusher, 27 tackles for a loss in his college career, had a cup of coffee with the Raiders, uh, went undrafted, had a shoulder injury. But I think he's also could be important for recruiting because he is a Georgia native and USC is trying to make – further inroads in the state of Georgia. So when kids get on campus, mm-hmm. Hey, there's a Jordan native on our staff who can, you know, uh, relate to these guys and, you know, just have that connection and defensive uh, assistance like that. And uh, graduate uh, students or grad coaches can recruit now and they can help and they can DM and they can host and they can have guys come on campus that you're doing that with bookie Radley Hiles right now. So I think it's another weapon for them to use and more help on the field, especially for a position that needs to, get it in gear in 2023 and get to the quarterback. Yeah. It, it all seems smart to me, especially with Georgia being such a hotbed for recruiting. Um, it's one of the big four. Now it used to be a big three. Now it's a big four, the big four States, California, Texas, 
Florida and Georgia. Um, let's go to a question from West Texas. Mike, what are they going to do with the Heismans? I want that space to be better than Oregon's. I can't imagine that SC is going to move the Heismans from Heritage Hall. Heritage Hall is Heritage Hall. Like, I, I don't think you could move that. I mean, I guess you might want to think about it because of the football performance center, but like, how do you move the Heismans out of Heritage Hall? It's a how do you do that? good question. It's a, Presumably maybe, with a dolly of some sort. But. You know, it's going to be state of the arts. So maybe you do hologram. Maybe you got some hologram action going on. <laughs> Could have it in both places. You could, could yeah. put a. What you do is you you put a, a Heisman NFT inside Heritage Hall, and then the real things. <laughs> I think they have to have some Heisman representation in that building, though. So it's going to be interesting what they do with that one. Because I think it, you need a Heisman in that building, right? It's it's almost like they could, have eight of split them, them? <laughs> and split them up. Do but do the, they bring like OJ's out and? <laughs> Put that one in one of the other buildings. You only display one. Know. You display Reggie's. Reggie's Heisman yes. in, the, in the building. That's it. There you go. Honestly, I, I mean, it. that one would speak the loudest, right? Yeah. You could even just make a replica of it until they, they give the real one back, right? Just, I mean, it might be looking the other way, but it could still work. Yeah, I, I think it all works. Uh, Kenny says, what are your Pac-12, Big 12 predictions with the uh, San Diego State announcement? Did he get anything there? And like what conference? Like who's going to get them? Who's going to win the San Diego State? Just what are your back 12, big, big 12 predictions with the San Diego state announcement? Uh, Where where are they going to go? I'm going to take the over. (laughs) Shout out to DraftKings. I'm taking the over. Uh, I would would say pack 12. I would say pack 12. I, I, uh, I don't know. I, I saw like a figure for the Pac-12 media deal that supposedly somebody leaked that's like 22 million or something like that. It just seems like, well, you're not going to stay a conference if that's the the number. Um, I don't know. Yeah, probably Pac-12 for for San Diego State. But I don't know how much longer the Pac-12 is going to look like the actual Pac-12 that we're talking about. I think the Pac-12 needs to either... And, and I know that this is easier said than done, but like you either combine with the big 12 to become something and join and be the, the other super conference uh, and make the ACC, the odd man out, uh, which would be a big power move or what you do is you sort of fall into the wayside. And that's what I think that like, you know, adding San Diego state is just like, uh, is that going to make, Oregon and Washington want to stay? I don't think so. Like, it, the, is the are the Arizona schools going to be more inclined to stay because of that? No. Is Colorado going to be more inclined to stay because of San Diego State? No. Like, I get that San Diego State ideally is a big enough school with with big enough money to to like compete in a in a program bigger than they are, but they but they aren't there yet. Like, that's all hypothetical. So, yeah. Um, Donnell Smith says, what's your take on Ty Anthony Smith, Chris? Really good linebacker out of the state. I think he's underrated right now in our rankings, only three-star, but USC did really, really well on his official visit, you know, canceled the Oklahoma visit. It's going to be tough to pull him away from Texas, but I think they're in a position to land him, which would be big for their linebacker class. I think they're trying to go uh, multiple bodies with that, you know, as they will be moving to the Big Ten. He is projected to play Will linebacker for them. 
Uh, again, going to be a really tough battle with the Longhorns, but I think they're in a really good position and put themselves in a really good position after this weekend. Uh, family really loved the visit, uh, especially the academics. Just since he says it's not a factor, so we'll see. It comes from a very small town in Texas, so obviously the the jump to a big city like L.A. could be a little bit of culture shock, but I think uh, I think they're in a good position, and we'll see. He wants to make a commitment before his senior year starts, so this one will go well into December if they do get him uh, because of those Longhorns. Alicia, Randy says, how much improved does the USC defense need to be like the heat off of Grinch top 50 question mark? Yes. Which is, realistically, is that even to Realistically, to I think it's probably top of, 20, right? Yeah. I mean, that's the thing is like to take the heat off of Grinch, we're talking at least top 50 um, to, to Wait, have hold Grinch. On. Hold on. To take the heat off of Grinch, honestly, like no BS win a national championship, even with the bad defense, I think you take heat off of Grinch. Like legitimately, because, you know, you if you did that, it would like, then they, I think people would stop worrying about him for now. But to take the heat off like in perpetuity, I think you have to have a top 25. Yeah, defense, I'd, right? I'd say, I'd say top 25 winning heals all uh, ills but at the same time like if you're winning every game 65 to 60 i don't know that that's sustainable either uh yeah 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 people 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 say that they wouldn't want to sign up for that but then you, you totally would if that meant that you were holding the trophy at the I'd end sign up for anything that results in a national championship at the end of it so as long as it's legal yeah 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 that's, that's, that's the key point you, you agree chris yeah i think short of like winning a national championship there will never not be heat on Alex Grinch unless he goes like I don't know three consecutive seasons with like a top 25 defense and even if they are top 50 like the second like if they lose the Washington game because they gave up a last minute drive at the end it's all it whatever they did prior does not matter because it's all gonna be a top 10 defense going into that game and still that happens yeah yeah, that happens and it's like still it's like get rid of them it, it it does not matter short of like winning a championship to turn that heat down you can turn it down a little bit but it, there'll always be heat on that grinch i feel like yeah 100 percent uh okay here's one from randy for you chris who do you miss more dan keely or shotgun are you gonna make me uh answer this on the air in front <laughs> yes. of all of them in front of Truthfully, the world and um we have a producer that'll be showing up and hooking you up to the, the truth detector. Machine. Oh, okay. Uh, oh, I hear him now. I hear him now. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I th- uh, well, I still kind of still work with shotgun, obviously. And Keely, I still see, I don't see Dan as much obviously cause he moved away re- enjoying retirement. I would say honestly, Keely, because without Keeley, I'm not doing this show. I don't have my own show, so I owe a lot to Keeley. So I would say Keeley, like gun to my head. I'm go oh, shotguns calling me right now. Yeah, I, I <laughs> it just like point blank, it has to be Keeley for me. But you know, it's like one A one B. You know, with you know uh, Keeley and Shotgun. You know, I did a show with them. It was fun. Still miss that show, but yeah, I think it's Keeley. Yeah, the the correct answer is is Keeley. Just just always right. Just, when in doubt. When in doubt, Keely. Keely's the answer. Yeah. I miss the Family Feud pod just in general. That was yeah. that, that was my jam right there. 
Yeah, I, was, I, I can't so. wait for the documentary to come out about it. So we'll, uh, <laughs> 30 for 30. Yeah, 30 for 30. Well, I heard there's like the legal ramifications of like, of like, yes. uh, can't get her yeah, back. Like on. CBS or whatever is like trying to take Where, the name away or something. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 a whole thing. It's a whole rigmarole. Lawyers are involved. I can't really get into it, but yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, SJ says old bay seasoning stock up, stock down, or stock neutral. Stock always up. It can't get any higher. It can't, but somehow it does. Yeah. Don't say anything, Michael. I don't want to hear anything. Just move on. Don't. Don't. <laughs> Honestly, I, I, I've never like, I'm sure I've had old bay seasoning. I cannot tell you what it tastes like. Like I, I, I don't okay. know what it specifically tastes like. It's like, salty, I, I, briny goodness. I'll take your word for it. <laughs> no, no, no gripe here. Um, uh, Walker says, uh, are you all pre-planning your road trips to the big 10 schools to get to know the campus vibes of our new league in 2024? Yeah, I think we've we've talked about this. We talked about it last week that going to the Big Ten schools is, I think, something that we just can't wait for. I, I've sort of driven by a couple of them, but like being able to really get in and see them on a game day is a whole sort of different experience, right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, I'm ex- just excited to you know travel new places and see new things and you know experience different college colleges and campuses i love going to campuses and seeing you know what they're all about whether and there's obviously a lot that i haven't been to uh in the big 10 outside of really maryland so have been to penn state happy valley literally nothing out there but it'll be a good time especially when you know it's uh a million people and they're rocking in a whiteout so yeah excited for all those experiences you know going to the the big house and the shoe and, and the horseshoe and all that so yeah, really looking forward to uh, getting to see all these new places in the college football uh, world. So you came on the pod and you wanted to rank my takes. So I think it's only fair that we get to hear one of yours. So we'll wrap this thing up with a question from L.A. Fred, who says, what is a food and drink that most people love, but you consider to be totally overrated? Let's end with Chris. So Alicia, let's start with you and then. Chris will take us out with whatever his hot take is here. Food and drink that people love. That people I love. Consider to be overrated. You consider to be totally overrated. I mean, my answer is like, it's just in general sushi. I, oh. I just don't like fish. I, I, I can't help it. But I also like, I don't think it's overrated because it's, I am very much of the, the perspective of like, I'm not going to yuck anybody else's yum. If you like <laughs> fish, like rate it however you want. I just, I don't like it. So. I, I, I will give you one that I've, I've never shared on the pod here. Are you allowed to have an answer because it's like anything and everything. Are you allowed <laughs> to do this? Are you allowed to participate in this? Yeah. Um, meatloaf <laughs> bad meatloaf is a lot of people love meatloaf. It's a big staple in like, you know, the flyover states and whatnot. And it's terrible, horrible. It's hard to do well. So I will say there are elite, elite meatloafs out there, but it, I will agree it's hard to get it right. So, and I guess for me, I'm closing this thing out. Yeah. Well, I don't know if this one is, big I don't know if this one's super hot take, but I love uh, unfrosted strawberry Pop-Tarts. 
There's just sound. There's no sound coming from you guys. It was just like the sound cut out. I don't. I don't know what I I expected. I I don't know what I expected. I. Okay. Now you've like unlocked a thing in my head, which is that my true answer to what is overrated is all pop tarts that aren't cinnamon and brown sugar are overrated. (laughs) I only really like the ones that are unfrosted. Unfrosted. I agree with this Pop-Tarts. because oh, the now I know I'm in the wrong. The, now I know I'm in the, the wrong. The best part of the Pop Tart is the inside. It's the opposite of an Oreo. <laughs> okay. So yeah, give me the ins. Like I give me yeah, the I'm, insides of a Pop Tart. He says that's just jam. <laughs> well, it's good. Who's who's against jam? You know. I I just don't like when the sugar, the the frosting sugar, or the whatever the top is gets like all burnt and uh, melted. I just like it when it's like the plain oh, one. You can see the crispy. The, oh. uh, the only ones I like frosted were like, I'm sure you guys will remember these, but like uh, the the ones that were like purple and blue. No one, no one remembers. I, my, I, I go back to if it, if it's not cinnamon brown sugar, okay. I'm just I'm, not eating it as, <laughs> as far as pop tarts go. <laughs> I, I'm going to be really honest here. I've had pop tarts like maybe twice in my life. And like pop tarts, never part of our state a uh, staple at home. Oh, we have a toaster strudel like, boy. No, oh, I didn't well, have a okay, toaster. But toaster strudels are better than pop tarts. She just, loves toaster strudels. I love. She but thinks I love it's weird. Cinnamon brown sugar pop tarts too. <laughs> she thinks it's weird that I like the toaster strudel without the frosting. Yeah, that's weird. But I'm guessing that Chris would. The, the frosting on, on is too sweet. It. I don't like things that are I'm too I'm not sweet. a big strudel person, but like, sure, we can get on board with that. We can, if it, <laughs> we're, we're like in the same neighborhood. We can just like be neighbors with it or whatever. Yeah. So, I don't know. Uh, we, well, we, we are defenders of faith says that we need to move on from Pop-Tarts. So we will, we'll end it right there then. <laughs> uh, so Chris, thanks for coming. Uh, it's been fun. Uh, we ought to do this again. And I'm so pumped that we got to fulfill your, your bucket list to have you on well overdue and uh this is a good time and i hope everyone listening thought so too yeah it's super fun time uh this show is like feels like a little bit of me you know a little crazy a little silly a little you know usc related so it's all the things you know i enjoy to do on a podcast so i hope i can come back and i hope the neck the distance between this one and the next time i'm on isn't as long as the first time i was on the first time i was invited on yeah, we'll, we'll we'll make that a thing, and then since we have our new little soundboard thing, maybe we'll maybe we'll do it in person so we don't have audio difficulty and have to start ten <laughs> minutes late. But you know, who knows? There we go. Uh, we'll get we'll get things rolling. Um, as always, you can follow us on Twitter and if Troy like us on Facebook, uh, and uh, be sure to review the pod over on uh, Apple Podcast. Give us five stars there. You can join us with our YouTube membership over on YouTube. And if you're watching us in the chat, be sure to like the uh, the stream and uh, make sure you're subscribed as well. We'll be back next Friday. Next Friday. What did I say Friday? Next Monday, as always. <laughs> next Monday, the 26th of June, we'll be back uh, with our next live show. Uh, we hope to see you there. And uh, until then, Alicia, you got a final word? The final word is Pop-Tart. I'm, I'm, I'm rattled. <laughs> That works. Pop-Tarts does it. All right, guys. We'll see you next time. See ya. (laughs) 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.